This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, what's going on? Hey, John, it's like, it's go- the usual is going on. It's like, well, actually, I don't the usual. It's like, say, we're back talking about X-Men stuff, because, you know, we can't just not talk about X-Men stuff on this channel. As, as we should. X-Men needs some attention, so. Yeah, it's like, and it's like, and as, you know, the last time we talked talked about this, you know, it's like, I thought the line was in a good place, and hey, you know, my buddy Rob, it's like, he thought the line was a good, in a good place, too. It's like, and he's back to talk about, um, like ten of swords with us. Hey Rob, how you doing? Hey Jason. Hey John. I'm doing pretty well. Cool. So it's like it's like a, basically the premise for X of Swords you know, was kind of set up in um, both um, Jonathan Hickman's X Men and Tinny Howard's um, Excalibur, because it turns out that you know it's like the origin of Apocalypse that we got. You know, well it's there's a lot more to it now. It's like and it turns out that you know he was. That, you know, that he was actually like you know, like a heir to a uh, to like a great land known as Okara. It's like, and this land was originally like carved in two. It's like by by um by a baleful menace known as the Twilight Twilight Sword. It's like, and this is like a huge um like kind of retcon, but at the same time, it actually kind of um to um like feeds into his character as well. As far as like the uh, the setup goes, the summoner that was introduced in the pages of X Men, well, he's um, he's kind of like a, one of Apocalypse's grandchildren. And as far as um, Excalibur goes, well, you know, it's like um, Apocalypse's um, theory of magic that he's been pushing in that series. Well, that's kind of like where this is coming like coming to bear here because he barely established the um, external gate, which um, is a direct portal into um, Saturn. Saturnine's realm of the other world. Saturnine being the uh, universal um, omnimatrix, like from from Excalibur, um, and like and like I'm getting this right, Rob, aren't I? Well, I would say that she's more from Captain Britain. Yes. Um, yes, she was in Excalibur, but she's she's very very much uh, she was uh, existed in the Cat Captain Britain uh, stories before. Uh, Excalibur. Excalibur was one of my favorite comics when I was young in the in the eighties, and uh, and I read some of the earlier uh, Captain Britain stuff in order to kind of get an idea of who he was and where he came from. Yeah, it's like, and um, it's like I, it's like I've been all right with um, Excal- Excalibur so far. I think Rob, you've been all right with it, even though it, even though it, like its main cast includes both. Both Jubilee and Gambit as well. Correct? Yes, my least favorite uh, X Men characters. Um, it, it helps that that Rogue is is one of my favorites, and uh, um, and that they've done a really interesting uh, job with uh, with what they're doing with Betsy Braddock, and uh, you know, so so I'm still interested in it. Uh, despite that, and and even though you know Excalibur was my favorite comic when I was young. Uh, and it doesn't have, you know, some of my favorite characters. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it, Nightcrawler makes an appearance at one point in it, but he's, you know, it's just a side thing. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, go on. Yeah. So it's like, this is, this is like a, um, big, big epic X, X-Men crossover. Like, uh, cause like, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, like X-Men crossovers. I mean, they're kind of a dime a dozen. It's like over, like over the years, and some of them have been 
really good. Like I still have like lots of fond memories for it's like uh for a Messiah complex. It's like and um it's like ah uh, it's like what was the uh, other one that uh oh um revelations or it's like the one that like um ended the whole like uh no more mutants thing. It's like that it's like yeah. I Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's like yeah, it's like ah, damn it, it's like I'm just having a huge brain fart. It's like right now. Oh, second coming. That was it. So, so yeah, it's like, and then there are some that, you know, don't, um, like live up to the, to the spectrum, kind of like, uh, it's like, um, in humans versus X-Men, which is like, you know, meant to like, like, Hey, it's like, you know, like the X, the humans are the, are the new X-Men and like, no, wait, they're not. It's like, no one liked that. So, but you know, it's like with Hickman, um, with Jonathan Hickman, um, taking over the line, um, post, um, uh, with with um, House of X and Powers of X, it's like the series. The entire line has a night has a great um like like solid direction to it in the sense that you know, one guy is like pl- is essentially planning the whole thing, but he's also like giving like everyone else in line enough leeway to um tell the, tell their own stories as well. Because you know it's like I mean, like after anyway, like, we've already talked about this before, Rob. I mean, we think that the the line the X line was kind of in a good place, you know, prior to um Ten of Swords, right? Oh yeah, uh, there were uh, a number of, of um, the majority of the comics were were good. Um, I enjoyed almost all of them. The only one that I didn't enjoy was Fallen Angels, which was really bad. Yeah, which even had, which even then it's like it's Spectre. There's one like loose plot from there from there that's actually being picked up on by its by the current writer of Hellions, which um we'll get to later on. But overall, it's like you know like it's like like X-Men like the X line is like going from like strength to strength right now. And um here we are with um Ten of Swords basically tells tells us that, you know, way back in the day, um we're not talking about like not giving a specific time, just talking like thousands of years ago. Um there was like the the one mutant land of Okara and then it was split in two by the advent of um Ameth. A uh, it's like a foreign a foreign land that um, cleaved into through the use of the Twilight Sword, and it turns out, and um, it turns out that you know this land was originally like home to um, Apocalypse and his wife Genesis and their kids, the Four Horsemen. Because yeah, Apocalypse, Family Man. It's like who knew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like and and as and as the um, introductions go, it's like we learned that uh, that Apocalypse like eventually had to like leave um, this this land to go to like the Marvel universe proper. It's like after um, the hordes of, Am- of Amenth like were shown to be um, it's like, you know, it's like through it's like too, um, too numerous to uh, like, too, like, like for the, uh, for the, for this, for this newly split land to deal with. So Krakoa and Apocalypse went to um, the Marvel universe and Apocalypse was like, was sent there in hopes of like raising a world that was, that was fit enough, you know, because you know, Apocalypse is all about the survival of the fittest, and um, it's like in order to like you know hopefully stand against them, and we're told, and we're told that his wife Genesis, um, st- um, stayed behind, in order to like uh, stave off the hordes of, the hordes of Ament led by the, uh, the by the evil ma- mask wielder known as Anni- Annihilation. So, this is this is what happened like thousands of years ago, and as far as we know, it's like. You know, it's like things, you know, it's like, you know, it's like 
Genesis was able to hold them off for a good long while, but then something happened. And then, and this has led to um, Summoner showing up in the pages of X-Men, you know, to, bring, to let Apocalypse know what has happened, that, that you know, he needs, he needs to come back and settle things. And in fact, it's like at the start of the crossover um, in, in Ten of Swords um, creation, we find out that the, uh, it's like that, um, that, Oka- that um, Arako, the other half of Krakoa that was split in two by, um, by the Twilight Sword, has um, shown up in um, Otherworld like the universal nexus from from Excalibur, and well, Arak and um, it's like and Arako, it's like has um has taken over one of um one of the um fiefdoms of, it's like, of um other world. It's like and you know like they're just like, like asking asking for a fight. And so, when Apocalypse shows up, you know like, he realizes, that, oh my kids, you're here. It's like, I've waited like so long for for you to to see you guys again it's like and well it turns out that you know they were waiting to see him too not because they loved him because after all these years they've grown to hate him because Arako has become corrupted over after all these years and um this and the uh like and it's it's like and they're spoiling for a fight they want it's like they want to take they've they've conquered like this like the hordes of Ament have taken over all that um, Arako has to offer, and now they're looking for something new. Now they want to cross over through Otherworld onto Krakoa to take over everything that um, the Marvel Universe has to offer, starting with Krakoa. This is the start of, of, of Ten of Swords, and, well, it's like, you know, it would be a very short crossover if it wasn't for the fact that um, Saturnine, the um, Universal, Universal Majestrix of um, Otherworld, has basically... Um, you know, like declared that, oh, you know, like no, you guys want to like cross over, like cross over from, from your dimension to, like the uh, Marvel Six One Six. Ah, nah, I, I've got another plan here. In fact, it's like I, if you guys want to like, like fight, I'm gonna need you to gather, gather your swords, to, in order to like prove that you're worthy of fighting in this, to, in this particular um. Con- contest and that's that's what leads us to the first half of ten of swords because this is a huge goddamn 22 issue x-men crossover and it's like my god it's like you know it's like as someone who's been following x-men as long as i have it's like you think that i think back to the days of like um executioner song which is like a uh, 12 part um crossover lasted three months well this is a 22 issue crossover lasted two months and there are two clear halves here. First half being the gathering of the swords. And um, it's basically, in the first half is just, well, it's like, hey, it's just like set up for a lot of stuff, really. I mean, it's like, it's basically like, you know, there are some swords that are familiar for um, for, for each side. Because um, like Wolverine has to gather the Muramasa sword that he's had some time, time with. And he gets two issues to do that. I mean, granted, he gets to a go to hell for this, which um is kind of just kind of impressive. And he even gets to meet with, mix things up with one of um Ament's um champions, um Soleth. Like that was that's actually kind of that was fun. But then you also got um, uh, Polaris um like giving the uh, cross giving the uh, prophecies to everyone in the one issue of X Factor that is collected here, and also like you know establishing the fact that hey you know if um 
even though like we've established the resurrection mechanics like in like the current X titles, we've also got the six year established that if you die in Otherworld, well it's like your backup um um your backup data that like Professor X has collected has kind of been um corrupted. So so poor poor rock slide. It's like it's like he's um he's not gonna be the same rock slide that we knew, um the same dumb lovable rock slide that we knew like back in the day. But um for the most part, like the first half is like basically dealing with like collection of the swords, like with Wolverine, it's like with um Cypher, because hey, it turns out that his sword is gonna be uh is gonna be warlock and um sword um Storm's um sword is going to be uh like Skybreaker, like is actually that is actually being kept in Wakanda. Um like um Betsy Braddock, well she's got to get this, she, her sword would seem to be like the sort of might from Excalibur you know, the choosing of, like, what is Captain Britain. But it turns out it's actually going to be the uh, Starlight Sword that um, Saturn, Saturnine has. And um, Cable Sword, um, the Light of Galador, is actually, like, a dual-purpose thing. Because not only is it his sword, but it's also the, the power to, um, source of the Peak, which is the, uh, which is the power source to the Sentient World's ob- Observation Division. Observation and Research Division. Right, se- Sentient... Sentient World's Observation and Research Division. Did I, did I get it right, Rob? Uh, I don't remember the abbreviation, but it sounds good to me. All I did right. want to bring something up that I, I think something that you should mention that I feel like you kind of skipped over is... No, please. Why is there a contest at all? <laughs> well, I guess it's because... Um, this is something that... It's a kind of a flaw of the series, and it's not really flagged up until very late in the game. Or it's kind of... It's not really flagged up too too much but it's also not really flagged up specifically until very late in the game in a sense yeah why that i might be asking you might you might be jumping to a different part of it because like i feel like the the reason saturnine is establishing a game at all is because well there's no way around this she totally wants to bone um brian braddock yeah that that wasn't the why i meant the why i meant is that is that uh, Saturnine set up the game? It was kind of. It was kind of like I felt like you skipped over the uh, just that part that she she got involved and and oh. and defined a game that would that would determine who would go, you know, the winners and what the stakes were. Okay. That was all why I brought it up because you started to. I felt like jumped into the sword thing and it was kind of like what swords? What are where? Ah, okay, my my bad, but yeah, that's basically what she was. Yeah, that's basically what she said. It's like she basically told each side, gather your swords. And that's kind of like, you know, what, what we're doing, what we're, what the first half is. Like each side has to kind of like gather, like, you know, like get, get their swords and whatnot. Yeah. And in, and in fact, like, you know, it's like we get, um, a, we get this bit where she, like, we get the impression that she wants, um, Captain Britain in the, uh, Excalibur issue. Right. Yeah. It's like, and, um, it's like, and you know, that's kind of the, the first half of the series is like, it's, it's like a lot of setup and it's like, I think it's fine, but, um, it's like, I don't know. It's like, like it's still just like set up. Yeah. We have to get into the, into the second part before I can really explain my opinion of the first part. Okay. And I, I will say though, that, um, that on the Marauders issue, it's like, um, by, um, Vitaya. Vita Ayala and Matteo Loli. You know, it's like I appreciate what they were doing there, but um, you know, it's like 
just the idea that you know, like Storm, you know, it's like oh, she's forced to like steal like the Skybreaker from like from the vault in um, Wakanda. It's kind of like yeah, we've we've seen this this thing kind of before. I mean, it's kind of like oh man, it's like oh, she's got to like betray um like T'Challa in order and 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 his family in order to get this. And I think like you know, we've seen this. This has been done before. It's like you know, we don't need. We didn't. Something that we, I felt we really needed to see. Like I don't think it really adds a whole lot, um, to, like to the story. I much would have rather seen like you know like, like if once like when she asked for like uh for Skybreaker, like they would have like said, hi, no, you're not gonna get this, and like they would have realized that, and she maybe was like, okay, well now we get this anyway, and they're like, and they'd be like, oh really, you think you can steal from Wakanda? <laughs> nah. I don't think so. I would have much rather seen like you know that kind of thing, like just the the idea of like positioning like storm stealing, um, like a skybreaker from Wakanda as kind of like a uh, like a fun challenge rather than a oh like a serious betrayal of trust. Right. Yeah. But um, overall, it's like you know the setup here isn't kind of like bad. I mean, yeah, I will also admit that you know like hey, we, do we really need a whole issue? show that hey you know like doug lock or like um cypher is um like is kind of like sucks at actually fighting it's like i'm not sure if we need that and do we need like two whole issues to like in of wolverine in hell again um eh, i don't know it's like it was it's like overall it's like i, I it's the setup is fine and um i I will say that you know, like the setup with like Apocalypse is probably uh, more necessary to the uh, like to the overall structure structure of the series, especially with um, you know, like just establishing like his like his history with like with Arako, it's like and all. Oh, and also um, with the bit with Cable as um, well, you know, like this his single issue being like, hey, you know, it's like they're going they're on the peak, um, which is actually at the headquarters of Sword. And it turns out that like, everyone hit there has died, and um, well, what's like? Why did everyone die? Well, this is actually set up for um, like for the second half, specifically the climax. Yeah. So it's like, so yeah, it's like with the uh, cable, it's like you know, it's fine, but it's like it's specifically set up. But you know, like I said, this this whole first half is all set up, um, all the way to um ten of swords stasis, which is when um. Everyone like um gets some sh- who has got a sword is shunted to um other world, and um, then um there's a nice amount of dialogue basically like yeah you know it's like these swords like you know they're not actually meant for fighting like they're just meant you sh- like they're to prepare that you are worthy for the next fight the next part of this conflict. So now are we going to talk about the second part and then I'll give you my opinion of the first part <laughs> once we've yeah, talked a little about cause... the second part. Yeah, because I mean the second, I mean, um, Stasis basically sets up, you know, what the uh, gives us like our the basic the bare knowledge of what we need to understand for like the other um, creatures of like of, of Arako, like the people who are going to be fighting against. I mean, there's some interesting characters like the uh, the White Sword, who um, who like a, a hero of um, Arako, who eventually like was driven mad by his um, by his drive for conquest, and um, then there's like a like Apocalypse's um children, the like the original four four horsemen, which have their own like ag- like agendas, and also I I gotta admit I really did like um Pog Er Per, um like the uh like the 
Pogger Poor. Or like, I thought it was Pogger Pog. I thought Pogger Pog, Pog yes. Twice, yeah. yeah, it's like who is just, he's just like, he, he speaks his name and he speaks everything he says in rhyme. And he's just like this gigantic, like, um, alligator type character with four four arms, like, that can wield, wield four swords. But as far as what what his actual sword is, that's kind of a nice twist. It's like in in the story. But I mean, there's like, as far as like, you know, setting up these characters, you know, it's like, that's like, that's what stasis is, is there for. Just like, you know, establishing like, you know, what are these, what are these weird um, new characters that Hickman and, um, and co-writer Tony Howard have um, set up for us. It's like, in order for the characters to fight against. And you think that, and you think that, you know, this is going to be like, oh, we're going to fight against them. Like, you know, sword on sword, you know, like, everyone's got swords. They're going to fight, obviously. But, you know, first half of stasis is just like, you know, establishing the other team and then the second half is um is the tarot um just establishing what they're going to be fighting fighting against and also establishing the fact that well turns out that um the wife apocalypse left behind well it's like genesis turns out that um she's kind of succumbed to a, annihilation and that they're going to be fighting against each other like in the second half here so um Rob, I'm going to leave it to you to talk about, you know, what's like um, how how this second half interacts with this first half then. So, um, like I said, it's been a while since I've, I, I, since I've read it, so I don't remember all the details. But the, the basic the basic gist of it is um, the, the first fight is a sword fight. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about outcomes or not, but the the rest of them is just a giant game of uh, Calvin ball. <laughs> it's uh, Saturnine is just making up new rules for, and new games. And, you know, it seems like nobody, you know, really knows what's going on going into it. Um, uh, you know, how, how, how careful are we being about uh, spoilers in this? I, you know, it's like, I think you can like, um, like beat, I think you'd like be dumb spoilerific about some of the more outlandish fights. Okay. Um, well, I'm th- talking about the overall, you know, general like gist of, of, of how, how it goes for each team until towards the end kind of stuff. I don't think I'd be spoiling anything to say that, um, that, uh, that the Krakoa team finds itself on the back foot until the very end. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it gets increasingly frustrating in that manner because it just feels like it's it's just arbitrary. It just the 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 challenges. A lot of them seem arbitrary. Even at one point, they pit two Krakoa team members against each other so that Krakoa effectively can't win. You know? Oh the, no, they they do win because they get a point. Because like oh, you know, I, it's it's like you know like they get like it doesn't matter who wins. It's like you know it's like because like. Oh, I thought to win. They, I thought they lost a point and gained a point and nothing happened. Oh, well, because like, not right. Well, you're right. The thing is, you're right. Um, because um, I mean, the, the fight you're talking about is the drinking contest yes. between um Wolverine and Storm. Right. And what Rocket is taught, I guess you can't really spoil the out, 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 outcome for that because like it was, it was kind of fun. I mean, and then um, but um, then it's like you know because there's like a simultaneous. Um, fight between two of the uh, like Arako um, char- characters, um, Solem and um, War, and um, this is like one of the few times like when we've got um, like some actually 
actual background in in the fight because like Solem um was apparently it's like like as apparent as apparently um like oh, what what oh he um he was he he eventually convinced like War's husband to kill himself or like that he was in love with in love with him and like got him to kill himself regardless but it's like War has been like looking to like um settle the score with Solem for like like for eons now for millennia it's like and uh well then a Solem well he's got a special card to pull like that um I that was thought was kind of kind of impressive it's like in yeah the end, that's it's like, one of the better parts of it and I'd like to you know you you probably want your listeners not to be spoiled on that one because that's a good that's one of the I, I you know I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say overall I I kind of was disappointed in this series because. I did read all of it. I read all that lead up with all the swords and it felt like a big waste of time when they weren't even using them. <laughs> I, I can understand that, but also I do want to uh, admit that your description of like, like second half is a big old game of Calvin ball. I really like that. Honestly. That's, a, that's, a, that's a really good description of it. And I think that actually like, like sums up like a, a, a big, big part of like this, um, the second half's appeal to me. Yeah, because I mean it was fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, like when the first half, when the first fight, like basically, kind of ends in a death, and then ends in a wedding. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like that wasn't expecting that. And then when we get to the uh, like the montage um, bits in um, X, it's like in X Force. It's like that was actually kind of fun too. Apparently, like there was a huge, there was like a modeling competition. Where um, Storm, like you know, like absolutely they killed it, and like Wolverine was just like, oh, it's like it's just one panel, but Wolverine, you can tell that Wolverine was just not having any of this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I, it's like I, I gotta admit, it's like I can understand like how, it's like, it's like how like you know, like okay, it's like we're not gonna get like a big old sword fight, but I get like you know a sword fight between like you know the people who collected all the swords and all, but I. Gotta admit, it's like I did. I did really enjoy like the fact that you know, hey, it's like like the second half is just like pure silliness, um, more than anything else. It was a nice subversion of expectations, like for me. Yeah, and I <clears throat> here's the. Th- I mean, I do. It did feel like yeah, it was a subver- subversion of ex- expectations, and I enjoyed it for what it was in, in that. But it's interest. It's kind of say it's interesting. It is weird, and and it felt kind of jarring. To go from Hickman's really kind of, I don't know the best wording for how to say this, you know, deeper or, or I guess I would say verbose might be a good way of, you know, his, his history that he's created to uh, jump into okay. this kind of comedy stuff. Um, I love comedy in comics and I like serious in comics. The way this transition worked was kind of jarring for me. Um, but yeah, I mean the the actual uh, contest was fun, but I called it Calvin Ball because effectively, like you said before, the the whole contest was kind of pointless. It was just it, she just wanted to be able to sleep with Brian, and and that was her end goal was was to uh, to get him to agree to that in order for them to win. That's what I remember. Tell me if I'm wrong about that specific no. part. No, it's like you're not wrong, and I think that one thing that the series could have done better was um, when um, Brian um, gets to like you know race the uh, it's like 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 the green the greenery champion like from 
from Araco, like in the crooked market. It's like, like, like I think it would a better explanation of like you know what happened to what did um Brian have to like, give up in order for um set set nine and um Jim Jaspers to let him go. It's like that would have been like that would have been appreciated really because you know, like when like while we see that you know like Jaspers like you know takes this um this greenery champion from Araco because after he breaks this like um priceless artifact um well like uh brian like you know like makes a mess of the whole excuse me like of the whole um like market and like you know and saturnine is just saying oh like, this is terrible it's like you know if only you had someone to um like break you out of this it's like and you're kind of thinking okay well what's he gonna do here and well we don't actually find out it's it, it's left to the reader's imagination to assume that um, Brian either had some kind of like some reserves to call in, like a favor to call in, or maybe he called Saturnine's bluff in the sense that, you know, he was ready to like go and like be subjected to um, Jasper's, um, like Jas Jasper's plant um, uh, retribution. And um, basically like, you know, like Saturnine would then intervene. And it's like, no, it's like, I'm not going to let, let Jasper's have his way with you. I, it's like I'm gonna find my way to have have my way with you at some other point. So that's that 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 was kind of, that was kind of disappointing. But you know, it's like considering that we're dealing with a series that you know runs with like what half like like half a dozen writers. It's like you know, like I think it's kind of impressive that the uh, series kind of holds together as well as it does. Especially especially since like you know a lot of the writers like actually did contribute to. Um, did co-write like cer certain issues such as um oh um jerry dugan and ben per ben benjamin percy like the normal writers for like uh marauders and um x-force they actually like um like contributed to like each each of their own like writing two of their own is these issues with um oh two issues of marauders like which which showed um what was going on like you know in the uh dinner before the fight which is actually kind of fun because you know, like it's it shows you like the characters like you know, interacting normally before the setup to kill each other. Even though it's like I really did not like um, you know Wolverine thinking that hey you know maybe if I kill Saturnine it's like this is going to work out well for us. Yeah, that I remember that being jarring for me too. Yeah, because I mean, like, and I was like, it's just kind of disappointing when like some writers like basically like resort to like saying hey Wolverine. He's the guy who's going to be like, you know, go for the extreme shank sanction in order to win. And yeah, I, I know he's a guy who's, he's the kind of guy who would go for that, but I also believe he's smarter than that in the sense that, you know, he would look at, you know, what's, what's at stake and realize that, hey, you know, it's like Saturnine is kind of the only person standing between um, our world. It's like, and like, it's in its ultimate conquest. So, maybe I, I don't want to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of disappointing, but it wasn't the implication at that time that basically he was doing that to keep uh, Doug from dying. I think that might, that might've been it, but like um, the, uh, but like the whole like poisoning with um, the whole, like um, Rocco poisoning Doug lock came after. Um, no, I meant the sword fight. This is before. Uh, this is before uh, they actually did the fight, and everybody going into it was like, "Doug is going to die." 
because they thought they were all going to sword fight. And he was going up against someone that uh, was absolutely going to destroy him in a sword fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I don't think that was especially like, I, I didn't get the vibe that he was doing this specifically for like, um, like for Cypher because like when, um, like in like the first issue, it's like at the beginning, like, um, he mentioned he was, t- he mentioned the storm like, you know, don't try to talk me out of what I'm doing. She says, and she says, no, don't miss. So you get the feeling that he was, that he kind of, that he wasn't doing this like, you know, for, um, Cypher. He was just like doing this because he thought like, you know, maybe killing her like would be, uh, like you know would stop things and that's well that yeah yeah, i thought that was the the thing was that it would stop and maybe i'm sorry maybe i had too much of that on my on my mind but i i felt like there were a lot of people worried about cypher and that was one of the because one thing it it was the maybe maybe it was the only thing that i thought that would excuse what wolverine was doing because wolverine has always been protective of the younger Mm x-men mm-hmm and I realized that Cipher shouldn't really be viewed as that young, but to Wolverine, he's one of the one of the yeah. young, younger ones. And and the impression that if this if this battle goes on, the Cipher is going to die. But anyway, I, I'm sorry to keep pushing I, on that. You can go on. No, I think I think you're right in the sense that you know Wolverine was kind of you know acting out of like a a uh, sense of concern you know for like like for like younger X Men and like the and the general and mutants in general. It, maybe just not like cipher cipher specifically i guess but um but overall i i i really enjoyed like the second half um more than the first half just cuz of like the whole calvin ball aspect that you, that you mentioned just like the fact that you never you couldn't really tell like what was going to happen next and then um when you get to the like the very end it's like and it turns out that oh well it's like uh it's like you know like the x men are just like or krakoa is so far behind and then, um, then, um, then Gorgon shows up and just like murders, gets his old dynasty warriors on, um, the white, the white swords team. It's like, and that's kind of like, that kind of leads in, leads into like a nice, um, like evening of scales. It's, you know, it's like, if you're, if you're treating, treating the story as like a, uh, as a strict, um, serious contest of wills between both, like both teams. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of like wholly annoying, but as far as like something that's like, Basically, being like you know, subject entirely to Saturnine's will. This is kind of like, I th- I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of fun. It's like, and so that and that kind of leads into the uh, like the final the final arc, which um well, it's like I it's like it's basically like you know when um like when when shit gets real, and um like every and everyone starts like you know fighting like fighting against each other when um. It's like when the uh, hordes hordes of Amanth realize that okay, you know, it's like no, this isn't going going to play in our favor. So we're going to bring everyone to the table, and we're going to like go ahead and like you know fight er- like everyone here. And it also brings in like you know the final um, reckoning between um, Apocalypse and um, and Genesis as well. It's like this. It's basically like you know this is what what leads us to um, destruction. And um, well, it's like. You know, like it shows us that you know, hey, like uh, Saturnine, she's got her plan to um, to, you know, get Brian back, back for her. But it turns out that, well, the uh, new Captain Britain corpse, well, it's not going to be um, Captain Britain. It's going to be Captain Betsy now. <laughs> yeah, and well, it's like even if that, it, and that may be enough to uh, 
like to stall things, but well, turns out there's a lot of other things, both um, you know from the uh, from the issue of Cable that was in the first half that show you like, hey, well, it turns out we've got our own alien hordes to unleash unleash on everything. We've got, and we've also got um, Scott Summers, um, who has also been um, like monitoring things from like from the uh, safe grounds of Kr of Krakoa, and also basically telling everyone that hey, you know, it's time for everyone who involved who can be to be x-men again it's like and so like we're setting up like a proper x-men team it's like to uh it's like like for, for the stories stories of the future and it's like it's there's a there's a lot there's a lot of setup here but it also kind of feeds into like the whole climax of like you know big like you know big armies fighting against each other but in the end like the uh what what it all turns on is what apocalypse has been going through and you know, I, I, I gotta admit that, you know, I was like seeing what he does here, it's like it was actually kinda kinda impressive and it kinda felt true to what has been established established here. I mean, God knows that, you know, when I started when I heard about this series, I didn't think that, you know, Apocalypse, you know, it's like trying to do right by the by the person he loves was going to be like, you know, the big, you know, turning point, being the big like fulcrum of this series. But it actually was and I kind of appreciated that you know it's it's not something i would have expected to have seen but it's actually something that turns out to work pretty well based on the amount of setup that 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 the creators have invested in it um rob your thoughts yeah i mean i like i said i i enjoyed the second half for what it was um but after it was all done, I've kind of lost my momentum in, in interest in, in this whole Hickman X-Men run because at the end, I felt like not that much had changed. Ah. And so, you know, I, I, I guess I was expecting something to... After reading... Powers of Ten and House of X. Um, it was so, like, I don't know, mind-blowing, eye-opening, whatever. I just, I was like, this is amazing and I want more. Because it was radical. It was, it changed everything. And then here's the next big crossover and it felt like, oh, this is changing very little. This is very silly. <laughs> yeah. I, and I liked the silly part, but it, you know, for the, for the big, you know, having it be the big crossover and here's this dramatic showdown, it, it just, I, for the payoff. Yeah. The payoff wasn't there for me. I mean, there were, there were good moments in this and, and, you know, I'll admit, but overall, I mean, and honestly, it, it I haven't, I haven't read any X-Men comics or any of these comics since. Once this ended, I kind of, I'll wait, you know, <laughs> I'll wait a while and then maybe I'll read a bunch later, but I, I'm not I'm going to say technically, technically you can't because like, since, because while all of this is on, all of Ten of Swords is on Marvel Unlimited, they've only, only like a few of the series have gotten to the, like the post, um, like Ten of Swords, like, um, status quo. Right. Right. So, um, I I did read them when they were uh, coming out. So, uh, but Marvel Unlimited is what I'm doing now. 
So it's probably fine that, uh, you know, that I've waited this long, but uh, I'm not in a hurry to read, read it again. The other thing, I mean, to be honest, the other thing is, is I don't have as much time as I used to have. So that's fair enough. And this is like a gigantic, um, my crossover. It's like, yes. So it's like, I mean, it's like, as far as like, I'm concerned, like, you know, it's like, I, as someone who was like deeply invested in the X, X-Men stuff, it's like, I, uh, it's like, I really, it's like, I, I, well, I did enjoy it, but I will admit that, you know, like the first half is just kind of like set up like, you know, for like, for like a, uh, I can appreciate the fact that, you know, everyone's kind of like setting things up to like, hey, there's going to be a giant sword fight. And then in the second half, it's kind of like, oh, wait, no, this is just kind of like, this is like giant silliness. Like, like you said, it's the Calvin Ball match. It's like, yeah. and I, I, I appreciate that, but, but over, but overall, it's like, I can, I can imagine that I can understand that, you know, like I can respect your, like your perspective on, on this Rob. It's like just the fact that, you know, this, like, Hickman has done like some really good extended stuff, like for the Marvel Universe, like in his Infinity um crossover and um Avengers um time runs out, but that was also because he was writing all of it. Um, this is like a uh, coordinated effort um through like lots of different writers, and you know some of them are good, some of them are not, and I and I think that you know had um maybe if I like, Hickman had written everything and that'd be like a crazy thing to ask um i think that you know like there'd be like much more a more cohesive focused um sense of momentum here but but as it is like i enjoyed it and also you know i think i enjoyed most out of all these issues what was it hellions oh yeah you got to talk about that whole run because that's uh, like a side story yeah, because while the, while the series is built as a twenty-two part crossover with each individual part labeled, um, the the two Hellions issued issues, um, written by Zeb Wells and illustrated by Carmen Carnero, they are very much a tie-in arc, um, to the, like to this whole thing. It's like just because like you know they don't have anything to do with like the gathering of swords and the actual fighting. In fact. Like the whole the whole setup behind them is the fact that you know they're trying to uh, they're essentially trying to stop this whole conflict before it starts, because Mister Sinister figures that hey you know it's like if we can steal the Ar- the Araco swords it's like you know they'll have to forfeit hey this will be great it's like I'll just take my I'll just take my team who is like comprised of Psy- Psylocke Havoc, um, Grey Grey Crow, um, Hel Hellion, um. Orphan and Nanny, Orphan Maker and um, Nanny. It's like, and this will this will be great, but um, but really, it's like it's just it's just like even more like depraved, demented silliness than what we got in the second half. I mean, this is like a this is like a tie-in arc that basically has Sinister arguing with his clone to um, hey, you know, it's like you're gonna go have and lead these guys on their, it's like on their um like on their suicide run. It's like, no, I'm not. You're going to go and leave them because you're sinister. It's like, and, and like the bar, the best on the entire series is like, Hey, you know, it's like, why don't you just pepper, let me pepper your face. Cause I'm going to eat it now. It's like that. I mean, just, just that kind of like ridiculousness. I mean, it's even more so than what, what we got in, in the second half. It's just, it, it's just like, it's sinister leading the, the, the mutants under his, under his, 
under his team on a suicide mission that um, he has orchestrated on his own terms. And it is, it is, it is funny. It is hilarious. It is expected. It is really, really dark, but it's kind of funny because it's just kind of like flying in the face of everything you'd expect, like um, from this like X Men story. Yeah, um, I remember uh, enjoying that uh, that little uh, side story. There's, uh, I, I don't remember a lot of what what's left of it, but I remember I remember part of the ending, and uh, I probably <laughs> should share that. So, yeah, it's like you probably shouldn't because like it's because I think I think I think it's key to the series. In fact, I I did. This is like one of the few. Um, issues where like it's actually we've actually got the post um ten of swords issue on marvel unlimited it's like and i wanted to i wanted to see like oh well, what happened here it's like and it's actually and it's actually pretty it's actually pretty fun because we get new new renditions of um wild child it's like and nanny and we also get to see um sinister um like um braying to the white council about how like bring my hellions back to me and um and the white and um, Emma Frost going like, oh, I want to see if he gets more crocodile tears from this guy. So <laughs> it's so yeah, like uh, Hellions. It's like basically like just takes kind of like this whole the set for this whole crossover and just basically like kind of like takes like a, it's like a very very dark, very unexpected, very funny um, take on it. It's like and I gotta admit, it's like I I really enjoyed it and it's honestly kind of like made a good case for being. Um, for Hellions being like kind of the secret best title of the uh, the current X line, because while while Hickman's um, X Men is like you know telling all the like the important like stories, even if like they're just like kind of like, side stories, and a uh, Marauders being probably the most like you know like straightforwardly enjoyable of them, like Hellions is kind of like just taking like like you know your standard X Men story and just like telling something that's really dark and funny. It's like and just basically like. Doing doing us like a, a, a two part issue, where um, Hellion takes over Grey Crow's mind and makes him like devoted to him, makes him sickeningly devoted to Hellion to the point where Hellion uh, like gets um gets tired of it, and then when he once he lets him go, like Grey Crow just stabs him and just like hey you know if you can get to the uh, if you can get to the Krakoa Gate then hey maybe you, maybe your backup won't be corrupted. It's like that's the that's kind of like storytelling we're dealing with here it's like and i really appreciated appreciated that it's like I, I i thoroughly enjoyed it and it's like i'm thinking that well even though if i can read all this stuff on uh, marvel limited it's like i'm only going to buy the uh issues where like i that i really enjoy and i think that i probably need to start buying hellion hellion so i can like have it you know have it in print you know in case you know like the, the post-apocalypse happens in like the next couple months because you never know yeah yeah but i guess so so i guess rob so i guess you're not feeling too hot about the whole whole like next direction of like um x-men like after this then i mean i just i kind of lost interest um but i recently heard about uh what is it x-men rain um oh, uh, rain of x is like rain the, of uh, x sorry yeah that's kind of the the general description for like you know what's all the post house of x stuff so yeah so i kind of feel like i should uh start picking it up again but i i'm just not i'm not inclined to do it right now i i think i will eventually i just uh, you know i love the x-men characters too much not to eventually catch up 
And it's uh, free on Marvel Unlimited. So. Yes, and it is free on Marvel Unlimited, so it's not like it's a money thing. It's really a time thing for me. I am going to say something. I, I hope you're not mad about this. No, no, no. Go ahead. But I pulled up uh, Marauders issue 14. And, uh, and, and I can explain to you why I thought it was about Doug and the other young ones. There is a scene in it. it uh, there are a couple of scenes in it. Okay. So the first one is you have this scene where Doug is saying, hey, to the person that he's going to fight. Oh, Bay the Blood Moon. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, immediately afterwards, um, Wolverine, that's that scene with the, uh, uh Storm saying, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I see it right now, too. Talk me out of it. And then, and then you go down, uh, when he confronts Brian and says, Hey, all you have to do is this one thing, and you know, you can get out of it. And he says, I'm a married man. <laughs> and then Wolverine says, well, yeah, I was married, whatever. But you know who hasn't been married? Cypher. And then also Magic and Cable. And, and then he points out and he says at the end, he says, and when they're fighting to the death, I don't think I'll watch. I'll be watching the guy that could have stopped it. And when he's dealing, when he stabs Saturnine, I think what is going through his head is, you know what? Brian Braddock is not the only person that could have stopped it. I could stop it too. Mm-hmm. And that's why he stabbed her. Mm-hmm. Um, I get what you're saying and that it would, it would, you know, flood all of that. I still had a problem with it for those same reasons. Um, I think that Wolverine is a little, is wiser than that, you know, could, could see the long-term effects, but, I understand what the writer was going for in this. And I do think that it was about, uh, it was about the kids. It just there, there, like you said, there, there was a flaw in that, in that whether he stabs her or not, they risk death. You're right. I can, I can understand that considering that there was also like a big event, X-Men event story, um, schism, basically like hinged on like, you know, like whether or not the X Men would use like you know younger generation as soldiers in their fight, it's like and Wolverine was like saying no, we are fighting because you know we don't want that. And Cyclops mm-hmm. says you know hey you know like they are X they are mutants they are they are already soldiers in this fight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can I can I can get what you're saying right there. Yeah. Yeah, but overall it's like I think I mean it's like. It's like this is a, this was a payoff, right? Some a lot of stuff that has been set up in it's like in X Men and also in Excalibur as well. It's like so. It's like I, th- yeah, I think that it's that it that it works. It's like I am still on board. It's like though to be honest, it's like it would take a long sustained effort of terrible X Men stories to get me off the boat for X Men. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I think that I'm still on board with what Hickman is doing here. In fact. To be honest, like I, I before this, um, before we did this, I wanted to, uh, I, I, I was on Marvel Moon to just see if the uh, next issue of um, X Men, X Men sixteen, had come out because I wanted to know, like, okay, so if, um, if there's like, <clears throat> there's a huge influx of mutants to Krakoa, you know, then I would like to know like how that's going to pay off. So, right. and I. Unfortunately, like that issue is not on Marvel Limited, but like I'm probably gonna want to check it out as soon as it is because man, it's like 
the, what's set up here is just like it's kind of potentially game changing. Because like, especially after like you know all those mutants are depowered back in the day, it's like you know to get like this huge influx of new mutants for reasons which I will not get into here. But you know, like I said, I want to know like you know what how this is gonna like you know like change things like going forward. It's yeah, like, I forgot about that part, and I think I think the problem is is that I I don't really get into Hickman's you know, self-created characters. Mm. He, he makes characters that are really weird that I don't real that don't really endear to me. You know, stuff like the summoner. The summoner reminds me a lot of the you remember the yellow guy during the the uh, oh yeah from from his uh, from his Avengers run the uh, right. What was that guy's name? I I don't uh, know. I want to say he's a he's a gardener. It's like he right. was yeah yeah he was he was one of the guys who was like. I know, I know who you're talking about, but he was just like one of the guys who, one of the creator, creative type people who, from that, that Hickman established for, like, for the run. It's like, and, yeah, it's like, I get, I get what you're saying there, but it's also kind of like a long term, Hickman's also kind of like a very long term, like, planner here. So it's yes. kind of like, like, I think that, that, yeah, that the interaction of that character did pay off in, um, it's like, in Infinity. It's like, maybe, Maybe it didn't quite pay off to the same way it did that it did here. I I will admit, it's like it's like I said, it's it's um, yeah. You're right. It's kind of like the same same kind of character, but it's not um, just have the same kind of same kind of way. Because I think he's working with a here. He's actually having to work with other people in order to set yeah. this up here. It's not him like directing everything. But I will say that I want to say I want to see how Cipher's marriage works out because that oh, seems yeah. like. That seems like it's kind of that seems kind of funny. Cause like, I mean, yeah, it's like the way that he can't understand her just kind of feels like, um, oh, it's he can't understand her. Like, don't don't expect us to explain it in great detail and all. But um, yeah, it's like I I can appreciate the idea behind this, and I want to see see where that goes. So the and, uh, the and I will. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I will say that you know the idea of giving Apocalypse a um, it's like like a, a romantic history. It's like, actually, like I think it did pay off for this, like for this thing, because ultimately, what he's doing at the end, you know, it's not because you know I'm apocalypse. I, I'm doing this because you know I'm doing this for my wife. God damn it! Yeah, I was gonna say the two characters, the two new characters that were created that I found the most interesting uh, were, and I'm sorry I've forgotten the names, but yeah, the one, the one that Mary Cipher, what's her name again? Um, Bay the Blood Moon. Bay the Blood Moon. And then the the other woman, the one the one that never loses. What, oh, what Iska the Unbeaten. Iska the Unbeaten. Her, she was really interesting because at first you go, oh, that's kind of a dumb power. What she just can't be beaten, but it's the way that she can't be beaten. Yeah, it's yeah, her turn. It's it, interesting. Yeah, because it turns out at at the end, it's like you know, it's like she's basically going to align. She's basically determined to align to whatever side is going to win. That's basically what that's basically what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, and I kind of I kind of appreciated that that in the end. It's like, it's like it's 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 basically a harbinger of tragedy at the beginning, but it's also kind of like a sign of hope at the end. Right. Yeah. So, like, maybe maybe Hickman has plans for her. Maybe maybe she's just like a she's just like an interesting concept. But you know, we'll see. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that's set up here. And also, it's a, it sounds like we're getting like 
one solid volume of stories before we get to the next um, X-Men, big X-Men event, um, like later this summer. That's good. Yeah. I don't like the events to be too close together. No, in fact, like the next event is going to be um, kind of interesting in the setup because, you know, while this is like a, while Ten of Swords is like a big 22-part crossover, the Hellfire Gala is going to be like one one shot and then um, all the other titles of the month just showing you their perspective on it. That's a cool way to do it. Yeah, so apparently we're getting like a, uh, like, like the new X-Men team, like, Maybe the new like ruling council of Krakoa, like like through this, and also just um like also like lots of madness in the other other X Men titles as well, including it's like showing with you know the hell the Hellions like you know because they weren't invited to this but they're showing up anyway, and also um Nightcrawler are turning up like as well because you know he you heard how he's getting his own title or not really his own title but a title that basically focuses on him specifically. No, I hadn't heard about that. Okay. Um, you hear about Way of X? No, I haven't heard about that. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, no. It's like, so let me tell you about it. So you remember in X-Men 7 when they introduced the idea of the Crucible? Yes. And you remember how Nightcrawler was thinking about, you know, maybe I need to establish a mutant religion. Yeah, I do remember that. This is a series that's going to focus on that. Well, that's, that's kind of interesting because it's like uh, Nightcrawler is Catholic. Mm-hmm. Why would he start another religion? Well, because so he's not. I think he's 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 uh, acknowledging like the uh, the current status of like you know the X like of the X line. It's like you know like the ha- hey you know it's like if, if anyone can be resurrected, it's like they oh. know what 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 have we got to fear from the like like from the afterlife? Like is there like some kind of like um, like like what do we have? What if uh, if our if our afterlife is secure, then what do we have to, what do our souls have to fear from the, from the life like at, at, at that we live? It's like, that's, that's what he's going to try to do. And the guy that's, that they got to write this, um, Simon Spurrier, he sounds, he's, he's a guy who, um, who just like loves like finding different ways to look at, um, setups, but this is a setup that, you know, Hey, like Nightcrawler establishing a mutant religion. It's like, this sounds like, like something that he would actually like want to dive into, um, like head first, so I'm. So he'll like, probably address that the fact that Nightcrawler is a Catholic but is starting a religion. Absolutely, I mean, like he's also like someone who has history with with the X Files as well because he did the um, X Men Legacy run that focused on Legion, and also on um, the X Men the X Force run that basically um, basically basically established that you know Cable like you know, may not have had the right idea in the step in like you know fighting you know fighting force with force. So, so yeah, it's like I'm. This is this is something that's this is this is like one of the titles that's coming. And there's also the um, X Corp title from from Excalibur writer Tini Howard that's basically going to have um, Monet or M and um, Warren Worthington um, going to. It's like you know just like focusing on the uh, corporate side of of the X Men. It's like you know basically like hey you know it's like if if everyone can like if the X Men can break. If all the if Krakoa can bring the world to heal based on their um, like you know based on their like um, exports you know with like the uh, like the mutant drugs they've been promising then what else can we accomplish like through through economic means so that's also what's com- what's going to be um coming as well for 
like for the X line, and and these are also going to be participating titles for the for the Hellfire Hellfire Gala, um, which hits um in like in June. That sounds interesting. Yeah, so it's like I mean like, I'm invested I'm invested, and it's also nice to hear that it's going to be like a big one like you know one month crossover between all the titles, and it also sounds like there's like being like, a lot of like you know leeway for everyone to uh like offer their own perspective on this event like it's basically be being a big party and everyone's gonna like have their own like perspective perspective on it because like it's also gonna be issues gonna be written the main issue like the plot driving issue planet-sized x-men because it's planet-sized because you know um giant-sized x-men is so played out at this point <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's gonna be written by jerry dugan and um and the artist from like pippa laraz so it's like it's so yeah i'm i think this sound it sounds good it's like and also looking forward to seeing what what volumes come up the what um, stories each um each series tells it's like in between them because also x-men is also supposed to tell the story of hey you remember what happened when um when um, wolverine or laura kinney x-23 and um sink and um darwin went into the uh like the other world or it's like the uh you know the, like, the world it's just called the world yeah the world right? yes yeah it's like well that we're gonna get the story of what happened there between now and in the hellfire gala oh i definitely want to know what happened there yeah so i mean like x x-men 18 that's that's when it's gonna happen so oh boy so you so you may need to so i mean you can wait until um it shows up on marvel unlimited or i don't know it's like you Find a place where it falls off the internet, then like there's that as well. But, but overall, I guess to, like, to wrap things up, I mean, it's like I, I, I overall, I, I liked um, Ten of Swords. I will admit that you know, like 20 issues is like way too much. I mean, maybe they didn't have like the uh, direction to sustain a story through all that. So, but in the end, it's like I do appreciate the, the like the changes it, it promised. And on what it's set up for the, uh, like for the, for the line going forward, it's like I will give. So I I, I give it a marginal thumbs up. There you go. <laughs> so, so do you recommend that people like read through this? I mean, well, you might have different opinions here, so I'd like to hear from both. <laughs> okay, if you're already reading, you know, X Men and Excalibur, then yeah, you kind of have to read this because it's well, basically yeah, yeah. like the next volume. If you're not, and you wouldn't just get the collected story, this is absolutely not the place to start. If you haven't been like on board with the current X Men stuff, yeah. I mean, this is something that you would only need to read if if you're already on board with X with the X Men stuff in general. I mean, it's like if you're not if you're not on board with it, then obviously don't don't bother. It's like I mean, it's like yeah, it's like sure you can read it on Marvel Unlimited. I got the hardcover edition because I have more money than cents. And um, then the uh, software edition will be coming out later this year, like at half price. So, but even then it's like, like this is, this is, something, this is something I would say is only for the committed. I mean, much as I like um, what Hickman and company are doing on Hickman, this is not something I would say that is like a, audience broadening exercise this is like something that is that would probably only mostly be appreciated by the by the committed yeah and i agree with what you're saying there with one caveat 
-hmm. And that is that you don't really know how valuable a given set of comics is in a Hickman run until the run is over. Um, I, I can understand what you're saying there. I will say that um, as far as what Hickman has done in the Marvel Universe up, up prior to this, with his runs on Fantastic Four and um, it's like and um, Avengers, I will say that um, they were they were thoroughly enjoyable on their own terms. That being said, if we're comparing um, Ten of Swords to say like Infinity, um, I will say that Infinity definitely gets the nod over Ten of Swords. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is that when I read, when I found out, after reading House of X and Powers of Ten, I was so enthralled with Hickman's writing that I went back and read all of his Fantastic Four and all of his Avengers runs. And there were things that he referred back to that I was grateful that I read all of it. Um, I don't know if he's going to refer back to something from this. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So basically you're saying that like, I guess, I guess the, your opinion here is just like, it's less entertaining, entertaining on its own terms, even though it's like maybe entertaining in the long run. It might like, be. Yeah, it might be. It's, it's for the same reason that I, I'm the kind of person that if I really enjoy something, I, I wind up, you know, consuming all of it. I consume all MCU properties because I don't want to miss anything. And sometimes some adjacent things just in case. Um, and so, you know, I'm just saying that it might turn out later that, that there might be something more to, the, to this than what I saw in it. Um, but for now, you know, I would agree with you that if it, only the most committed should should bother reading it, yeah. you might get a kick out of the later issues with with the whole the contest. It's, that's enjoyable stuff. And it, and of course, and who doesn't like Calvin Ball? Yeah, yeah. And of course, the Hellion stuff is great. Yeah, it's like I yeah I think the, the Hellion stuff is fun just because it's it, it feels like it's kind of thumbing its nose at. It's like at everything, and also like Zeb Wells writes a great Mister Sinister. I'm so glad that um, Hickman and Wells and everyone just like decided to go back to Kieran Gillen's. Um, it's like I'm um, fabulous. Um, like um, I'm going to clone myself because I'm I'm the most awesome, awesome mutant of all. Um, interpretation of the character. Yeah. So like I, it's like I very, I very much appreciated that. It's like and. So yeah, so you can either so you can either buy um, Ten of Swords right now in hardcover, which will run you hundred bucks. You can read it all on Marvel Unlimited, which will cost you a little bit less than that, or you can uh, well, a little less than that. That's like a year's subscription is like seventy bucks, and then um, it'll be coming out later, later this year in soft cover for um for fifty dollars. So one thing. I would say about that is uh, the difficulty is I, you know, when I was looking at it on Marvel unlimited to do rereading, they don't have a, um, unless I missed it and, and I'm wrong, let me know if I'm wrong. They don't have a, a consolidated in order uh, version. I had to look up online. What, what issues do I read and re read in what order? So if you were looking to read this, buying it is probably a better option at this point unless you're 
you have the patience to sit down and go, oh, I have to read this issue, and now I have to find this, you know, this issue, this comic, you know, where, you know, when you're reading online, sometimes it's easier to just, oh, I'm on this comic, I can go to the next comic. Okay, hey, Rob? Yeah. I'm going to say, yes, you are wrong. I am wrong? Um, Marvel Unlimited, it's like, actually has a, has reading lists, which, um, like, for certain, for certain stories. And if you go to, um, if you if you go to like click on the reading lists and then you go to um, like events, um, you will see like an event listing for for X of Swords or Ten of Swords. Oh man, I didn't see the events thing. Yeah, it's I, like I, I had actually saw that earlier this week. Um, you know, Jason, when I was asking you about that. Oh, so um, you got you got a subscription for uh, Marvel Unlimited? No, but you can look at it. You can look at what it constitutes. Um, where did I see that? Um, or was it, um, maybe it might've been the Amazon listing. So don't quote me on that exactly. Okay. It's being recorded and announced technically a quote. Um, (laughs) um, but no, I did. And I was like, oh, okay. So these are, so this is a collected volume. Okay. So, um, and, and I didn't see the hardcover, you know, um, uh, version available, but I did see the other one that I guess it's the. It's just the paperback that'll be released later. Yeah, it's like I, I, uh, Amazon apparently had some issues with, um, like getting, getting supply of the uh, Ten of Swords collection. It's like initially, it's like cause originally it was supposed to like um, ship the beginning of February, and um, then they basically said, oh, nope, not happening, and then like this kept getting delayed, and then I eventually wound up getting my copy from, uh, from cheapgraphicnovels.com. So, so, so just, just as, just for reference, um, $60 for the hardcover right now at Amazon and then, um, the paperback, which will be released later is 50. So mm-hmm. there's, there appears to be some kind of discount on Amazon for it currently. <laughs> well, it's like $60 is the discounted price for the uh, hardcover. $50 is the cover price for the hard, for the soft cover. Yeah. So. Correct. Yeah, one. Yeah, because it's listing at a hundred. I think here. Mm-hmm. If I read this correctly. Yeah, so. but um, but yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry to contradict you, Rob. But like the uh, Marvel Unlimited does have a reading list, um, for um, like for Ten of Swords. Where Where do you find the reading lists? Okay. Um, it's like so. If you go to the like, the, uh, it's like if you go to like the front, you know, the front page, like there'd be like an event listing. It's like, or if you, or if you, like, if you're on the, uh, like, I'm looking at, I'm looking on my, um, I, iPad pro. And uh, I, see, like, I bet that's it. See, I'm reading it. I'm looking at it on the website and it is way harder to find the comics on the website than on the app. I bet that's, that's my problem. I don't have it on, on the iPad. I only have it on my phone and my phone's so small. I was re- trying to read it on the PC. Okay. Anyway, I don't it... want to waste any more time on your, on your podcast. <laughs> you telling me how to find the, the event, okay. although your followers probably want to know. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's a, I've got like there's like a there's a there's a reading lists thing on the Marvel app, on the Marvel yep. Limited app that basically says um that basically has like like if you go to like events like on that like reading list thing, it yep. it'll have like you know like X of Swords on there. I found and, it. Okay. <laughs> it's right there on the app. It's just it's impossible to find on the website. Okay, well now you know. 
Yeah, and now what's know. knowing? It's half the battle. Yes. And the other half is violence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to remember that because that's actually true too. Yeah. But um, actually, I'm glad you mentioned this because it also kind of leads into, I guess, what, what I want to talk about for next time. Okay. Because, um, hey, it turns out that um, Vision Quest is also pinned to this event, like, event line as well. And hey, you know, Vision Quest is also said to have, like, some pretty, pretty strong significance to um, WandaVision as far as, like, being one of, like, the uh, inspirational stories behind, behind the series. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna. So basically, the plan is like I'm gonna I'm gonna read these issues. Like I mean, this is like ten issues of old school Marvel stuff from like the from like from the nineties. It's like by John Byrne. It's like who has done some great comics, and um, well, great comics of their time. Maybe not um, this currently as well. So there you go. So we'll see how well um his his story is held up. Like after all these years, like um, next next time on Comics by the Glick. All right, cool. Okay, and thanks for joining us, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah always hey, a pleasure, thanks. man. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks. All right, we'll talk to you later on Comics by the Glick. All right, later's. Oh, 